Good morning. You guys okay? You got real quiet there for a second. It scared me. It scares me when that happens. Nalani, how you doing? How you feeling? Huh? <laughs> At least it's not too hot, right? Amen, amen. Come on, why don't we stand to our feet this morning? Who brings the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty? So much stronger, the King of glory, the King above all kings. Who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder and leaves us breathless, all in wonder, the King of glory, King above all
ahead and have a seat this morning. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Anna. Anna. This my Anna. I just like saying that. Anna. Anna. Good morning, church. How are we this? I was going to say beautiful morning, but it's kind of gloomy, gross outside this morning. How are we all doing? Good. Well, thank you for joining us this morning. I just have a couple of things that we have to announce. Uh, I want to say thank you to all that are helping out with movie nights. We are having an amazing time with everyone that's showing up for the movies. We've been having great turnouts happening. We have one more coming, and it's The Little Mermaid, the original Little Mermaid, not the new one. Um, so just join us for that last one and have some fun all together and fellowship together and just love on all our community as much as we possibly can. Everyone's loving it. We have Wednesday nights that will be starting back on September 6th. And then we also have Miss Jerry's Sunday morning Bible study. I couldn't think of the word. Bible study coming back as well in September. So make sure you are come to ha be a part of that with her. They are starting a new one. And other than that, I think that's all. You the... This is a great opportunity, a great study, but even more than that, this is a great opportunity. If you're interested in helping us out with the sound, we would love to have you. We do. We have right now Pastor Anna and Pastor Jimmy are up there rotating through between doing children's church, running up there, doing offering and stuff. We are in constant need of someone to monitor up there because we have our live broadcast that goes out each week. We get about 150 to 200 views. And also all of that up there is not overwhelming as you think. If you're ever interested in helping us out with our media, we'd appreciate it. Anna, I'm glad you left it like that. That was okay. Don't worry about it. It's okay. You know what? Jesus will still come back even if our sound isn't right okay <laughs> so let's take some time uh, this is our last week of our uh, gifts of the spirit our last week we will conclude our series here um, but before we go into uh, our little time of fellowship where we meet and greet one another I've been doing it in this series. I still believe that. God has wants to use you today, and maybe right now. 
And that doesn't mean all the time you're going to come up on the platform, although that would be great if you, God gives you something to do in that sense. But more it's about loving each other. And this is a great time as we greet one another. Maybe you're just going to say hi, or maybe God has given you some encouragement to give someone else. So, Father, we just ask you to bless this time of worship as we fellowship, as we meet and greet one another. We make ourselves available to build each other up in Jesus' name. And we said... Amen. Go ahead and take at least five minutes. <laughs> Not at least. I shouldn't say at least. <laughs>
Okay, at this time, I would like to ask the ushers to prepare for offering. Thank you. Um, I know that these times are hard. It just keeps, every week it seems like harder and harder. Everything's going up in price and up. And like we can't catch a break, it seems like. And money's just, I know, a little thin for everyone right now. But God's always going to have you, no matter what. Like, he's going to have your back. He's going to always make sure that everything is paid for. Everything, you're taken care of. That you don't need to worry. Let him do it for you. Give all to him. And so at this time, I would like to pray over our offering. Uh, Father, we just thank you so much for all that you do for us and always providing for us no matter what. We don't have to have that worry or struggle on us. It is on you, Lord, and we, we thank you so much for taking all of our worry and struggle away from us, Lord, and providing for us day in and day out. And we just thank you so much, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Pastor Anna. I want to encourage you guys today uh, during worship. We have an opportunity to let the Holy Spirit move and flow in us and through us. And let's not, let's not let that go away. Let's ask for God to move today. This isn't something that maybe will happen or kind of, it's up to us. It's up to us to make the decision. Are we going to receive what God has for us this morning? got to wait on God sometimes. Father, I'm waiting on you to do something today amongst all of us.
feelings, to hurts, that they need your comfort, your grace. Father, we thank you for you being here today. We make ourselves available to whatever you need, whatever you want. Let us not miss a thing today. Let us not miss super excited about a couple things as usual uh first of all we've been in this series for this will be the eighth week and final week of our series on the gifts of the holy spirit which uh i have enjoyed and i hope you have too and what we're looking for is fruit fruit of the spirit we're looking for for testimony of of what god's doing and we have one today uh go ahead glenda tell us a little bit about i know i'll repeat it a little bit for those who can't hear but we prayed for you a while ago For two weeks. That's awesome. Hmm? Well, thank Jesus. That's wonderful. Thank you, Glenda. That's the fruit. That's the fruit when you step out. And pray for somebody in a way that God leads you. It's wonderful. Susan? I, I have a testimony because I got blessed with a car. Yeah. And yeah, because I have some people I like to help. And I'm going to do my thing, but and I know that God has given it to me so I can do more. That's right. Your thing. Her thing is taking care of every homeless person in this county if she can. <laughs> I know you do. You do so much for Jesus. Well, praise God, you got a car. And I know, yeah, Andrew too, right? There you go. Well, praise God for that, too. Of course, we don't, we don't want to get the word out that Mount Zion Church, if you need a car, come on down and pray. 
Well, then maybe that's okay. We did, it's funny, the first miracle was that car favor when I first came here 11 years ago, and my car was breaking, and it happened to be a $40 part that I didn't even have to pay for, and it got taken care of. And ever since then, I've claimed I have car favor. So Mount Zion Church has car favor. Also, remember this Friday, we also have our last movie night of the year, which I always, I look forward to these movie nights, and then when you get to the last one, you go, it's finally over. But this year has been a little different in the sense that I have been enjoying asking God to lead me in who we talk to and who we pray for and how we can help and how we pray at the beginning of each uh, movie night. And uh, last Sunday, I'll testify, I was uh, talking with a, a, a couple that just moved up here, and they were overwhelmed by how much they loved this whole concept of what we were doing. They were so grateful. I think probably at least four times came up to me and thanked me. And they, they actually wanted to give a donation. And he was really funny. Annie, you'll appreciate this. So he gives me an, uh, 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 a couple of shekels and, and you know, a, a few dollar bills. And he, and, he, and he hands them to me and he goes, it would have been a lot more, but my wife gave all the rest of our cash to the Pioneer Elementary School. <laughs> so... They were wrapped, yeah, isn't that awesome? The other thing that Pastor Jimmy was mentioning to me that I, won't, I don't want it, that doesn't go unnoticed, especially between uh, Pastor Anna, Debbie, and I and Jimmy, is how much more support we have had this year than ever before. It, is, it has been a joy. Uh, being able to set up and tear down with all the people that have helped so much. So thank you, thank you, thank you. We're in, it's making us enjoy it more, isn't it? And we're more with the hot dogs added this year and, and, and the jump bounce house. We're doing more, yet it seems like less, less work for us. And so thank you, thank you, thank you. The response has just been wonderful. And that all goes with, I talk, like I was saying, anytime we can get around people, anytime we can bless them, that's what the gifts of the spirits are for. They're not so that we can, you know, I need this for me, 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 I, I, me, me. It's so we can bless others and help others. This morning I'm going to take off um, based on the song we just sang. I'm going to use the scripture if you have your Bibles with you. In Mark chapter 5, it's to the right of Matthew, way right of Genesis, okay? Matthew, Mark. You know, I don't preach a lot out of Mark. Mark is a little funky to me, okay? And not, not spiritually, it's just, it's grouped up in miracles, it's not chronological, it's not story, or, or not, it doesn't, it's just jumbled of miracles. And Mark drives me nuts with that stuff, but he does have some great passages. The passage that we're going to read this morning is taken, uh, this song that we sang just a minute ago was taken from this passage. I've touched the hem of your garments and I have felt the leading of your hand. But today my eyes look higher to see the face of the great I am. It's really taken from the, the, the view of the woman we're going to be talking about who had an issue of blood. And in the song, what I liked about this song from the beginning, and this is a hundred-year-old song, not really, but it feels like it. Um, <coughs> it was written by a, a pastor of a little church um, that's now grown quite big down in Fairfield, or Vacaville, excuse me, Vacaville. Uh, called the Potter's, uh, the Father's House, the Father's House, and the pastor had written this song, and what I liked about it is it starts at the hem of Jesus's garments. It starts there. Sometimes you just need to t reach out. You just need to touch, touch. If I could just touch the hem, 
And then, it, then he says, the song says, I've felt the leading of your hand. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna, I've touched, I've touched, yeah, I need you to lead me. I'm gonna start letting God lead me. And then you get to a place where, you, you know what? Today, I am gonna look much higher. I'm gonna look higher from the hem, higher from the hand, and I'm gonna look for his face in seeking him. And that's what that song is all about. I want more. I am not satisfied with the garment hem. I am not satisfied with the hem, with the hand. I am not satisfied with just leading. I want to see the face of the great I am. I want more of you, Jesus. So when you think of the song that we just sang, think of this passage. Beginning in Mark chapter 5, verse 24. It's just 10 verses. Mark 24. Mark 5, verse 24 through 34. We, do we have them? Oh, we do have them. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him, or crowded around him. And now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. Now, I'm going to stop for just a second to explain the culture a little bit. When a woman was having an issue of blood at that time of the month, it was considered unclean. And they would have to isolate themselves. And they weren't around people. And they didn't have anybody supporting them. And that's for 12 years, this poor woman. She had suffered many things, or she had suffered many things from many physicians. Interesting how Mark places that, and God says this. She had suffered Many things, but from where? From many physicians. So we don't know if that was emotionally, like a physician came in and go, ooh, you're unclean, get away from me. Or was it a physician going, here's how we'll fix it, and she suffered through a bad physician. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. It makes you really want to just... Hug this gal, don't you? Did you just want to take her and help her? When she heard about Jesus, how did she hear about Jesus? doesn't say. I want to challenge you this morning. She had to hear about him from somewhere. And isn't that our job? When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if, if I only may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. And immediately, now we get a little more graphic description in the King James. The fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, And just to give you a little background on that word, power had gone from him. That actual little word in the Greek is is, his virtue. His purity. His virtue is what was coming out that healed her. So the power of this virtue had gone out of him and turned around in the crowd and and she said, uh, he said, excuse me, Jesus, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you have multitude thronging around you. And you say, who touched me? In other words, everybody was crowding around him. What are you talking about? Everybody's touching you. And he looked around to see who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. 
And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Be healed of your affliction. I love that this, I, I just get a picture of this. I, I think I would like this woman. I think I would like her. I love how she said, I had to tell her the whole truth. What was the whole truth? You're grabbing the hem of his garment. And she feels she's in trouble. Okay, Jesus, I'm so sorry. Let me tell you what happened. I'm so sorry. I'm, he says, I went to every doctor. Nothing helped. In fact, I'm worse. I can't stop bleeding. I'm isolated. I don't have anybody around me. I've had this health condition forever. And it just won't stop. And I just thought, I just thought, Jesus, I'm so sorry. If I could just touch your garment, I would be healed. I'm, I'm blown away by that because everybody was touching him. But did everybody have that sincerity? Did everybody have that need? Did everybody recognize who Jesus really was? She did. And Jesus' answer was, was not, well, get away from me, you're unclean. His answer wasn't, well, okay this time. It was simply, daughter, it was your faith. It wasn't the garment. It was your faith in me that made you well. Now we know that Jesus ministered on earth in this humanity. 100% God, 100% man. But we know that he also, when he took on the humanity and he clothed himself as man, that he chose to confine himself to the limitations of a human. And if you realize, when did Jesus officially start his ministry? Now, we're not talking about the wedding in Canaan. We're talking about when he officially started. It was after the Holy Spirit had descended upon him. And when he ministered, he ministered by the power of the Holy Spirit upon him. Jesus said it this way, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for God has anointed me to preach and minister. And he ministered in the power of the Holy Spirit. And what does he call us? We are a royal priesthood. So we are to do the same as Jesus. He modeled for us how we're supposed to do this stuff. In John chapter 14, Jesus turned to all of his disciples and all these people who were believing him, and he said this, and I'm just paraphrasing. I'm not giving the exact verse. He said, each one of you is going to do the things I did because you're going to receive the power of the Holy Spirit just like I did. The problem with us is, it's a problem with me, it's a problem with you, it's a problem with everybody, we don't believe it. We don't believe it like this woman. She believed it. She was willing to get around a crowd of people. She must have been on her hands and knees. She didn't want people to know to reach out to his garment. We just don't really believe it. But it's what Jesus said, so we need to believe it. And I think many times it's because of this. We look at ourselves and go, Jesus used me. Do you even have a clue who I am? Do you know how, what a mess my life is? I can't get anything right. What do you mean? I, I did a message uh, yesterday at a men's breakfast uh, in Elk Grove. And I titled it the uh, message of mistakes. I, I think I lived that. Why would Jesus use me? Are you kidding? I have no formal training. I, I, didn't, I didn't go, you know, have a, a legacy of pastors in my family. I, I, you know, I can't do this stuff, Jesus. He said, well, what can you do? I said, I could set up chairs. So I set up chairs. Be careful when you volunteer in church. That's all I was doing. 
And God wanted to use me. And I said, how can he use me? And Jesus said, any man who speaks my father's words, there's no falsehood in him. And I said, well, I can do that. So we have to encourage us each. We have to encourage us each that we can do these things. We can. We are loved by God and who we are in Christ and we have the power of the Holy Spirit. So I just want to give us some things to encourage us in that, that direction. Eight simple insights and in how the release of the flow of the Holy Spirit is to work through you and through me. Very simple. Number one is the Holy Spirit releases his power to flow out of us into others affecting change. Expect the power of the Holy Spirit to flow through you. You are the channel of the Holy Spirit. Look at Jesus as he walked as a human vessel. We see him in Mark chapter 5, verse 30. He said the power had gone out of him. It wasn't like floating somewhere up in the air. The heavens didn't part. Oh, and angels came and delivered it. It wasn't like that. It wasn't anything special except... God can use, well, God can use all those elements to do that. Don't get me wrong. But when God wants his power to flow, he wants it to flow out of you and out of me. The Holy Spirit releases his power, and it's to change things supernaturally. Look, if God was all about changing things naturally, the Bible would be filled, but you know what the Bible would be? A manual on a trade school. It would show different trades so that we can help people and bless people. It would be things that we did to fix things. And you know where that would end up. It would be all about how smart we are and trained we are. And then we would be all, look what I did. So God doesn't work in the natural. He works in the supernatural. So how does he work in the supernatural? By the power of the Holy Spirit. It makes sense. God's ways are not our ways. We see a problem. We see how to fix it. And God goes, <laughs> Go ahead, try. And then God just laughs, going, what are you doing? You are dealing with the natural. You need to deal in the supernatural. Look at anybody who has any familiarity with God or any belief in God at all has got to concede that God is not natural. God is not human. God doesn't work the way we work. That God is supernatural. But we don't walk with our God who's supernatural. We walk with our buddy. We walk with the guy with the list that tells us things to do. We walk with our schedule of things and the things that we're not supposed to do and the constrictions and restrictions in life. And we say, okay, I'll follow Jesus. This is what I can do and this is what I can't do. Instead of I'm going to follow Jesus and this is what he can do. Amen? The Holy Spirit releases his power through you and me. Remember that. Secondly, the Spirit of God uses the spoken word. Listen to this. The laying on of hands and even material substances. And before you get all weirded out by that stuff, things like cloths and oil, what it really is is just a point of contact. That's all it is. A contact for his power to be transmitted. Listen, in this particular instance, and it doesn't happen a lot, but in this particular instance, the woman didn't touch Jesus. It doesn't say that. She touched his clothes. She touched the hem of his garment. But the power of God went through Jesus and through the clothes and into that woman. Now, I'm not one to go, hey, send your $50 and I'll send your anointed prayer cloth for miracles. Hallelujah. I don't believe in that. 
But I do believe when I lay hands on someone, that point of contact, it doesn't have to be in a certain spot, a certain place, a certain, it doesn't have to be on the forehead. It, you know, it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it just needs a point of contact. Sometimes. God uses all those things. He uses spoken words. There's nothing wrong with spoken words, folks. You can pray for people to be healed and not touch them and they can be healed. It's not like God goes, oh, I wish I could have healed them, but you didn't have a point of contact. Oh, if you only had the $50 prayer cloth. I mean, we are such funny people. We put all these preconceived notions about how God's going to work. God uses those things, but listen to it. This is why it's, if he uses our words, how important is it for us to be careful with our words? I was just talking, you want to be transparent? Can I be transparent for a second? You won't think I'm Pastor Jerk Face for just a second? Well, I wouldn't say never. <laughs> I can be a Pastor Jerk Face. Um, Friday night, Andrew was showing me his, his van. I don't think you even realize how, what I was really saying to you this morning. So I'm going to say it again and embarrass myself because it's easier for me to embarrass myself. Um, I, I, I saw his, his, his minivan, and I was so happy for him that he got a car for his work and what he does. And he does a lot of ministry, folks. He really, really does. Uh, he, will, he, will, he, he, he will go everywhere to visit anybody. And um, so I was very happy that he got this car. And I went out there with Coulter, and Coulter will attest, he'll do an amen when I say I was a jerk. I saw, I saw his windshield completely, oh, did he already tell you? <laughs> yeah, I know. His, his windshield was completely cut, caved in. And all I could think of is, dude, you didn't drive the car like that, did you? And I probably said it like that too. I go, well, you have insurance? And he's like, well, it takes effect next week. And I'm, you drove that without, you are going to get a ticket. Here he's trying to give glory to God, and I'm going, you are an idiot. I was. I was a jerk. Wasn't I? Oh, he won't say it. Ah. <laughs> I know I got cold. I know I got colder on my side now. Because Nalani would have just gone, yeah, he was a jerk. <laughs> so so in, in light of that, I, I felt bad about it over the weekend and came in this Sunday and, and uh, he had told me he didn't, he goes, and this is so Andrew, this is why I'm blessed with all of you guys in this church. Andrew would say, Pastor, I listened to you and I, I didn't drive the minivan to church. And I went, oh yeah, I need to apologize. <laughs> Here he's telling me he did what I said and I needed to let him know. I love you. I apologize for talking the way I did. I was just concerned, but I made an idiot myself, so... <laughs> well, I love you too, Andrew. It's very sweet. It is. It's, I know. I, 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 I just, I could have been so much nicer. It's, it's why our words are so important, isn't it? Because our words mean something to people and how they receive it. And imagine if we're not, like I was with Andrew, not careful with our words and Let's say Andrew wasn't as gracious and we didn't have that relationship. And now God has given me a word to encourage him with. And now I go over to Andrew and I go, hey, Andrew, God has given me a word to encourage you with. And he goes, that jerk who just chewed me about my car? Oh, yeah, please tell me what God told you. 
You know what's so funny? If this, it says in John chapter 6, verse six, uh, 63, it says, It is the Spirit who gives life, and the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. So when we are speaking the words of the Holy Spirit into somebody's life, it says, the words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. So in other words, there's the big difference between coming to him in the spirit and, like Friday, coming to him in the flesh. And you know what I learned about this book here, this Bible? There is no plan for giving life to the flesh. No instructions for your flesh in this thing other than to kill it and get rid of it. There's no salvation for the flesh. It's all a spiritual program. So we have to remember that these words are important. So is our touch. And these are just points of contact when we lay hands on somebody. You know, some of you, <coughs> excuse me, some of you, particularly uh, ladies who have that sense of motherliness, I don't know what it is in you that does it. You have the ability where you just pat somebody on the back or you, and, and, and you just watch people go, oh, they're so nice. They're just so comforting. They're just so, I don't know what it is. But there's guys also that have that handshake that's so confident and so good. I mean, touch is important. And we have to be good stewards of that. God can use that, that simple touch to move in his spirit through you. God uses other things as well. And you find in the Old Testament, when Samuel poured oil on David, the Holy Spirit came upon him. God used the same thing in those days. We use oil as well. It's not something magical. It's not magic Bible oil. It's just a point of contact. It's symbolic. It's something for you and I to transmit when we speak. But when you do that act of faith, it's just a little act, but it's the power of God that's important. This is a weird one. Sometimes it's blowing. Jesus blew on his disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. How about Peter's shadow? Peter was walking by in his shadow that was falling on people and people were getting healed. God can use anything he wants. Anything you want. Anything to the point of contact. People were jumping into Peter's shadow. How funny would that be? Walking down the street and looking at people jumping in some guy's shadow. We going like, oh my gosh, we need to get some help for them. Seeing people jump in a shadow. Why are you jumping around like that? We're going to get healed in his shadow. Okay. It's amazing. God can use that. He can use cloths. He can use words. He can use oil. He can use anything he wants. The thing is, are we available and open to it? Number three, quickly, the flow of the Spirit's power is, in recogn it is recognizable to the human spirit and can even be felt in our five senses. Let me tell you what I mean by this. The flow of the Spirit. How do I know the Spirit is flowing through me? Mark chapter 5 verse 30 says, verse 30 says, Jesus immediately knowing in himself that the power had gone out from him, turned around to the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? This may not happen all the time, but it does happen when you're praying for somebody 
Sometimes that person, like, like Glenda was, was, was testifying, she felt something. It doesn't always happen, but sometimes it does. But sometimes you will feel something as well. I know for me, when, when I feel like I have a prophetic word, or, or, or God is giving me a word of knowledge or wisdom or something to give, and, and, and it's to somebody personally, I do, I do two things, and you've seen me do it. I say, look at me. Look at me right here, just you and me. Because I, I really, at that point, nobody else matters. It's just between them and me and God. And the second thing, the reason I, I, I know it's confirmation for me that's the Holy Spirit, I start crying. It just starts welling up. I get very emotional. Sometimes it's hard for me to speak it. It's overwhelming. Well, that's just confirmation, a, a, a grace that God gives me so that I know that it's real. That's why you don't hear me every Sunday, thus saith the Lord. That's why you don't hear me every Sunday going, hey, I need to speak to you directly. Look at me. You don't hear it every Sunday. I would love it if it was every Sunday. But God's ways are not my ways. He doesn't work around my schedule. He doesn't work around the people I'm around. He decides when he's going to do it. It's very important that, that we, we realize that something can happen emotionally, physically. You get a tingling, you get a goosebump, a sensation. I've heard of people that, that are praying and they smell some kind of incense. They smell something. All those things is just the power of the Holy Spirit being released. Quickly, number four, the Holy Spirit releases his power in response to faith. Faith is like a switch. Faith is like a switch, but the wires have to be connected, folks. You, you, just, can't, you just can't go buy a switch and hold it up to the light and go, how come it's not working? You've got to hook it up. It's got to be hooked up. You need the wires to be connected. You've got your hand on somebody. They're touching your shirt or something. And somebody, whatever, there's a point of contact. Something's happening. You're speaking words, and that's all good. But you've got to flip the switch. You've got to have faith. Because it can't be about you. It's got to be about them. It's got to be about Jesus. Jesus looked at the woman and said, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Faith is a switch. When you have faith, you believe the power of God is going to move. There are also times God works independently of our faith. You know, God's not always saying, Well, I wish I could have healed him. It's just that I needed. He can do whatever he wants. God is sovereign. There are times when you come into contact with people who don't have any faith and they may be struggling. They could be afraid. And God will still minister. Hallelujah. God still works. Because God invites you and me to have faith. That's the norm. Salvation is a gift to every person, but each one personally has to have faith. Listen, there will be no grand children in heaven only God's children you are not saved because your parents are saved you are not saved because your aunt went to church you are saved when you personally meet Jesus Christ and that's all about positioning yourself to receive the manifestations and the power of the Holy Spirit do I have my faith in order is my life in order Will this person receive it? Number five, the power of the Holy Spirit results in signs and wonders, miracles and healings and deliverances. That's a pretty good prescription right there. Do you believe that? 
The power of the Holy Spirit. Do you have the power of the Holy Spirit? Do you and I have the power of the Holy Spirit? I mean, well, if you've asked Jesus in your heart, you surrendered your life to him, you've repented, and you say, hey, I, I believe, I believe, I believe, you got that faith. Well, this is the God you, you serve. I'm sorry. I don't know. If you, maybe you didn't know this, but God is in the business of signs, wonders, healings, miracles, and deliverances. It's what he does. If you were looking for a God just to fill your pocketbook and your refrigerator and your tank of gas, then you're in the wrong place because God doesn't just do the material things. If you're looking for God to just give you some talent or give you something to do with, without any supernatural abilities, you're in the wrong place. But if you're looking for God to do something in you that you never thought you could ever do and the only way it was ever done was by the power of God, you are in the right place place. Who would have thought this, this kid coming from a messed up home who barely got through high school, was a stand-up comedian and musician who made teeth for a living, would end up sitting on a, at a church for 11 years as their senior pastor? That's supernatural, folks. Who would have thought that God would look at the youngest, the smallest little dude in the family who all he did was watch the sheep and say, I'm going to make you king, David? Who would have thought they'd take a young girl around 13 or 15 years old and say, I'm going to birth my son through you? Why shouldn't we believe all this crazy stuff? If he can use me, he can use anyone. The power of God can flow through you, cause some supernatural thing to happen, and a supernatural change is needed. God can do it. It can be a healing. It could be a miracle. It can be anything. Number six, the Holy Spirit can envelop an entire space. God is not in some bottle. And it doesn't happen just in one space, by the way. Okay, this is the place that the Holy Spirit is. In Luke chapter 5, verse 15, this is a great verse. It says, It happened on a certain day, as he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting who had come out of every town of Galilee, sitting by every, of everyone who came out of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. It didn't say the power of God worked through him or that person or Jesus and that was to heal him. It was the power of the presence of God. And that can be anywhere. That can be in your car. It can be, I mean, it can be in your shower. It can be anywhere. That's why the Bible calls us to gather together, magnify the name of the Lord with me. And we are standing on a place that was sanctified, set apart for God's purpose. You put God's people in a sanctified place that starts magnifying the Lord, making themselves available to the Holy Spirit, and you know that the Holy Spirit's going to envelop the room. It's not just, not just a one person or one little place. That power in that verse is the dunamis power. The Lord is present. They must have come to investigate these Pharisees. And the Bible says that the house where people were gathered, that the power of the Lord, of the Spirit of God, was present to heal them. 
Isn't that wonderful? It wasn't dependent on some preacher's eloquent words. It wasn't dependent on some you know, pious, holy person. It was just the place. None of the Pharisees experienced a miracle for themselves. Isn't that sad? Can you imagine you're in a place with the power of the Holy Spirit? And they were sitting there going, whatever. We'll just see what's happening. Come on, we've all done that. We walk into a church maybe we've never walked into before, and we go, oh, we'll just see. But there were these four dudes who had a friend of theirs that was a paralytic. He was paralyzed. He was paralyzed from birth. And he took this dude, and they couldn't get him in the house. It was too crowded. Now, I would love to be in that situation where this church is way too crowded, but I don't know if I'm a big fan of what these guys did. They cut a hole in the roof. And then they lowered him down. If you ever watched the miniseries The Chosen, it's a great scene. And they lower him down. And they don't even say anything. Jesus just sees him. And that's when he says, is it better for me to forgive him of his sins or heal him of his infirmity? And he goes, but, so that you'll recognize who I am. He did, he healed his body. And, he, and what did he say? Your sins are forgiven. But yet he healed his body. Now he says, now get up and take your mat and go. My favorite part of that miracle isn't that he, he just healed him. But that dude had never used his legs before. What do you mean, get up? What do you mean, pick up my mat? What do you mean, walk? You've seen people who have been in some kind of trauma and, 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 and they have to relearn how to walk. Not with Jesus. He has an instant rehab program. I don't know how God does that. But he, if you've never walked before, how do you know to get up and walk? And that's exactly, that's why the miracle was amazing with Jesus. And notice Jesus didn't say, I will lay hands on him and he will be healed. He says, your faith has healed you. And to show you I'm the son of man, the son of God, I will forgive him of his sins. Now get up and walk. It's amazing, amazing. It's one of my favorite, favorite verses. None of the uh, Pharisees experienced that. None of them. But the power of God was in the entire... You know where else it was in... A, you know where the Spirit of God was everywhere in a place? was in Genesis 1.1. So the Holy Spirit covered the entire globe. It says the face of the Spirit of the Lord moved upon the face of the waters. The entire earth was enveloped by the presence of the Holy Spirit. Number seven. Distance is not a limiting factor for the Spirit's power. You can be sitting in Pine Grove and you hear about a family or friend who needs help. You may not be able to touch that person. You may not even be able to pour oil on them. But it's okay. You can just speak words out and transmit God's power. You can speak over them. You can speak into their situation. You can release words that become a carrier of the Holy Spirit out of their, their, their lives into the situations and, and, and God can do a miracle Distance is not a limiting factor to God. If you're watching this morning, we are praying for you and loving on you, and we believe miracles for you. And you don't have to be in this building. We'd rather have you in a building. I'd rather have you in a church building. But if you're in a situation where you can't be, we love you, and we want to continue to pray for you and believe that God can move even through the Internet. The last one, number eight. It can be expressed through song 
or music. Worship brings an increased manifestation of the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Now you know me, I get real sensitive when we say worship is just singing. You know it's not. During COVID, when they shut down the churches for singing, when they believed that the droplets would travel through the air, which may have been true or may not, I'm not going to debate one way or the other, but they told the church to stop singing, and I remember seeing all the posts and all the news and all the interviews, they have stopped us from worshiping God. And all I kept on thinking about is, really? Your God, our God is so limited in his creativity that only singing creates worship? That's ridiculous. You don't limit it to that. And if you do, then that would just mean the better singer you are, the more worship is happening. That's just dumb. The Bible tells us to make a joyful noise. He doesn't say make a perfect noise, a musical noise. A per- but there is something powerful that happens in music. There's something there. That's why Lucifer had so much pride. The Bible in Ezekiel talks about Lucifer, how he was not just a worship leader in heaven, but he also had musical instruments that came out of him, meaning he was not just the worship leader, he was the worship band. He was so... Imagine the emotions that he could envelop into heaven and and the heavenly angels all coming together and singing. And you have this most beautiful angel of Lucifer, incredibly beautiful, and, and he is building this up. And he got to the point where it was so beautiful, he must have looked at it and said, I want that. Why does that always have to go to God? I'm the one making this happen. And that was his downfall. So it can't just be about the song and the music and how good it is. It has to do with our hearts. You can worship God anywhere, anytime, any place. One of my favorite things uh, about music is, is, is it will focus us so many times. I've said this a bunch of times, I'll say it again. If you're uh, in an argument with your spouse, you know, one of those ones where you're just hurting each other, you know, you're yelling at each other, you're snapping at each other. Go put on some worship music and continue your argument. It is really hard to yell at your spouse when, I love you, Lord, and I live and jerk my voice. It'll mess you up. Do you remember in the most chaotic days when the kids were like in junior high, a little bit younger than junior high, we were in Antioch, Deb, and we had this rule, you couldn't come home and turn on the TV until you had the music on for an hour. And we used to play music first. The atmosphere that music can create. You know who has learned this more better than anyone is Disney. You ever go to Disneyland, you hear music everywhere. It's in the plants. <laughs> They put it, it is. They put, them, they put them everywhere. I learned one time, we went and saw the uh, Broadway show that they had there in California Adventure in that theater. They had Aladdin, the musical. And it was great. But it was hyping everybody up. Everybody was getting excited. Everybody was cheering. It was really funny. It was all this great stuff. And they moved so many people in such a short time. And it's a very crowded theater, a couple of thousand people. And I noticed when we were sitting there at the end of the production, they immediately played this beautiful, soft music. And everybody's a little calmer. 
Everybody's a little quieter as they were. But when I became a children's pastor, when we would get done with church in our service, and I would have a hundred kids in front of me, I would always close with that soft prayer or altar music you hear. Because the kids were a little calmer. And the parents would come, and I always made sure to run late, so the parents would see the kids. This is when we were praying. And the parents would come to pick up the kids. There's this nice, soft music playing. And we're praying. It's not the craziness going on. It really makes a difference. It can focus you. You know how I also know it? In 2 Kings chapter 3, there's this place where these three kings were leaders of their communities. These three kings came to the prophet Elijah, and they needed to hear a word from God. God was, is God going to give us a victory in this battle or not? Now, I don't know what state Elijah was in. That's what cracks me up. Maybe he didn't feel really spiritual. You ever have those? Somebody wants you to pray for him, and you're like, ugh. We all have those times. Maybe you had a big lunch or a big dinner, and you were just about to lay down and have a nap. And somebody calls and says, hey, can you pray for me? We sometimes respond, hey, I was, I'm half asleep, but all right, here, Jesus, you know their situation. Amen. Talk to you later. So in, in 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 15, he says, bring me a musician, Elijah. So he kind of recognizes the fact he's not all there yet. And the musician played. It says the hand of the Lord came. And that, the hand of the Lord in the Old Testament is, is signifying the presence of the Holy Spirit. So maybe somebody comes to you and says, pray for me. And maybe your mind's busy. Maybe you're at work. Maybe you're busy doing something and you got your mind on. Here's the problem. When your mind and your heart are on carnal, earthly, fleshly things, now how do you enter into the supernatural, spiritual world when it comes to praying for somebody or helping somebody or doing something for God? You can't just hop out and say, okay, now I'm in the Spirit. God bless you if you can do that. So that's essentially what Elijah was saying. Okay, I need to prepare myself a little bit. I'm not just going to nilly-willy say, okay, yeah, I'm not going to just give a thumbs up, I'm praying. Thumbs up, yeah, smiley face, little prayer symbol, I'm praying. You need to sometimes take a second. Realize that you're getting out of the natural and into the supernatural. Now, you may not have music there, but sometimes I do it this way. I just, before I pray, before we pray, can I just, I, I'll say that Father, who, uh, talk, talk about who he is. You are sovereign. You are full of grace and mercy. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for what you're doing. I just show gratitude. It focuses me on who God is and who I'm not. Just say, Lord, I worship you. That begins worship. You've switched from being preoccupied for being involved in the natural to now being occupied in the spiritual. If you have an opportunity to sing a song or play or put on some music, do it. You are essentially positioning yourself for the release of the power of the Holy Spirit. These are eight simple insights, eight simple things. But before we go, I just want to close with a couple of things here so you can be those channels. Because how many know, we've been doing this for eight weeks. When we're done with this series today, that doesn't mean, okay, I'm done with the spiritual gifts. There for eight weeks, Pastor, I'm done. I'm done. We don't have to do that anymore? No, we don't. No, we're going to keep doing this, right? So we've got to be channels to be able to release the power of the Holy Spirit. 
I want to remind you of the scripture that we did last Sunday. John chapter 7, verse 38 and 39. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. He didn't say he who believes will have a cloud out of which the Spirit will flow. He didn't say that. He didn't say. He said in his innermost being, out of his heart will flow rivers. He's talking about, first of all, an unlimited supply. Rivers of living water. This is Jesus' plan. This is the plan, folks. I mean, he's already commissioned us, right? The great commission that you would go out and preach the word. Spread the gospel. That's why you're here. Here. You're here because of that. Otherwise, when you got saved, Jesus would just take you to heaven. But we're stuck here. And it isn't so God can put you on display on all the misery you endured. It's so that you can bless other people and reach other people. Well, how am I going to bless other people? How am I going to reach other people? Out of your innermost being, out of your heart, will flow rivers of living water. So let me give you three simple things for us to be able to position ourselves to have this increased measure of the flow. I know I want more of his Holy Spirit. I want more of you, Jesus. I want more. Number one, you have to first increase the capacity of your spirit. You've got to be able to get rid of some of that junk in you, and you've got to make room for God. We are really good at loading our lives up so busy. I was just talking to Deb. We're getting ready for, for our, our vacation coming up, and, and we realized that the past two weeks we've been so busy. And we have more engagements coming up this week. And we leave at 6 a.m. on Monday. Oh, Hugh and Eva, now that I've said that out loud in front of you, could you watch my house at 6 a.m. on Monday? Thank you. I'm such an idiot. <laughs> so <laughs> we leave, and, and we've got all these things happening before then. And I'm getting exhausted thinking about all the stuff we have to do. So we've got to cut back some of that stuff so we can be prepared. Because just like, just like preparing yourself for a vacation, you need to prepare yourself for the Holy Spirit. That means you might have to get rid of some stuff in your life. You might mean you've got to dig a little deeper into God. All of this flows out of your relationship with Jesus. And if you really think about it, if you start reading about Jesus, getting to know more about Jesus, talking to Jesus, listening to Jesus, finding out about more and more and more and more and more, it's going to increase your faith. You know, oh, I want a part of that. I want God to use me in this way. I want that to happen. Well, you've got to keep on studying, keep on diving deep, diving deep, diving deep. The deeper you go into your relationship with Jesus, the more the Holy Spirit can be filled in you, which means the more it's going to overflow into others. I'm going to talk real quick, real quick. Just give me a second here with this. My favorite, one of, one of my top five at least, if not three, favorite stories in the Bible. We already talked about it before in 2 Kings chapter 3. One of the reasons why it's one of my favorite stories, it shows so many different things about God. We'd already talked about where Elijah said, bring me the musician. 
and he, because they were going into this combat. Basically what was happening, these kings were going into combat. They were rebelling against the king of Israel. This king of Moab had a vast army. And so the king Jerome, Jerome uh, of Israel, along with king Jehoshaphat of Judah, and king Jerome of Edom, they joined forces against Moab. Let's gang together and march. And they journey towards Moab through this desert of Edom. And they run out of water, and they run out of the water and food for themselves and for their animals. And in desperation, how many of you done this? In desperation, you said, we're going to move, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, and all of a sudden you go, uh-oh, we need God. Instead of maybe doing it before. And that's when they grabbed the pro- prophet Elijah. Said, dude, what are we going to do? Are we going to lose this battle? We're all, we have no water. We have no food. Our animals are dying of thirst. My men are dying of thirst. And we're out in the middle of the desert. Will you talk to God? He says, bring me the musician. He talks to God. And this is what he tells him. <laughs> he tells him that, uh, here's what I want you to do. You're in the middle of the desert. You're out of water. You're out of food. Your animals are dying. You're dying. Here's what the Lord would have you do. Get out your shovels and start digging in the sand. I love that. It's so ridiculous. First of all, it would make me so mad at God. Like, really? There's no other way you could do this? Really? I'm dying of thirst, and now you want me to dig in the hot sun in the desert into the sand. But miraculously, what basically happened was the ditches overnight were filled with water. Despite any rain, there was no rain happening. And all the animals and all the soldiers were able to drink to their fill. And the following morning, the water appeared because of the way the sun was rising, like blood due to the reflection. And the Moabites saw the red water and said, ah, those three kings are turned on each other. They're messed up. And so it emboldened them, and they went to attack. But basically what happened was they, they were demolished. The Moabites were killed. So the point of that story for me is if the water is symbolic of the Holy Spirit, how much water did those armies gain? It's a math problem. I know. I was told there was going to be no math in church. Here's how much they got. Here's how I'll tell you exactly how much water they got. Uh, They got as much water in the ditches as much as they dug the ditches. The deeper the ditch, the more the water. I know. Miracle. They dug deep, however deep it was, however wide it was, however big that ditch was, that's how much water they got. It's not rocket science. So if you want more, more of you, Jesus... I want more faith. I want more of the Holy Spirit. How much do you want? How much are you going to get? It's how much are you going to dig? You've got to dig deep into the Word. You dig your ditches. You dig in time. You dig through the Word. You dig in having faith. Your relationship, the deeper your relationship with Jesus, the more the Holy Spirit fills that ditch up. You need to dig deep. The next thing you got to do is clear out these blockages in your soul. 
It's like some of us have clogged pipes and the Holy Spirit's trying to get through and just a trickle's happening. God's is flow is supposed to be a river, not a trickle. Some of you got to do some rotor rotor, 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 Some of you have to do some rotor rooter work. The soul blockages that hinder your water. Now, how do I know that that happens? Because we all have this happen. Do we recognize that we are vessels of honor? We are sanctified and put aside for God's use. You are a vessel of God's honor. Now, that doesn't mean you're not going to sin, but hopefully this year you won't sin as much as last year. You know what I mean? You've got to keep working at it. You have to clear out that sin. You've got to get rid of those blockages. Here are some things, real quickly, that, that keep our, our souls blocked. Condemnation. Fear. Unworthiness. Rejection. Self-imposed disqualifiers. You've decided those limitations of God in your life. And maybe it's because you're afraid, well, what if God really does unleash his Holy Spirit in me? Then I'm going to be a weird Jesus freak person, and I don't know if I'm ready for that. What are you afraid of? The responsibility of God using you? Good. That's a good fear. Hallelujah. What about offense-related? Unforgiveness, bitterness, hurts, offense, prejudice. What do you have in you that is still upset? Is it somebody in church messed you up? Some pastor said something stupid to you? Somebody in church gossiped about you and did something wrong? What is stopping you from God? Because let me tell you something. We're the vessels. We're messed up. God's the giver of the gift. He's not messed up. And the gift is not messed up. So there's only one left. Us. We're messed up. That's okay. People are going to make mistakes. God never does. What about self-related? Envy, jealousy, competition, pride, selfish ambitions. Disturbance-related, preoccupation of the mind. Distractions, turmoil. You got too much going on? Keep your heart and mind clean and pure. Let your soul be clean and pure. Be able to release the power of the Holy Spirit. And then you've got to calm and quiet your mind. Probably the hardest thing to do in our world today. I'm always jealous when I watch old westerns. I love old westerns. And inevitably there's always this scene of the cowboy with the hat tilted down. He's got his feet kicked up on the, on the deck. He's got his little beer right here, you know, his little mug, and he's just all quiet, and uh, the sun's going down. Just this peace, just this peace. We need more of this in our lives so we can move in the Holy Spirit. If you're always going crazy and doing too much, you're never going to leave room for God. And the last one, last one, out of your position in God, release Release the Spirit's power. Remember your position in Christ. Remember who you are in Jesus. You are fearfully and wonderfully made to be used by God as a conduit of His flowing river of His Holy Spirit. That's who you are in Christ. Now be who you are in Christ. You are clothed with his righteousness. Yours is filthy rags and so is mine. 
But when we have Jesus, there's no condemnation. You have been entrusted with his authority. And it is who you are in Christ when you minister in faith. You have the authority against the devil. You have the anointing of Jesus Christ to lay hands and to let the Holy Spirit move and work in and through you. If the power of the Spirit can be released by faith, it can also be received by faith. Galatians chapter 3 verse 5 says it can be released. Galatians 3 2 verse 14 says it can be received. Whatever we have in Him in the Spirit can be released by faith. And in order to release it, you've got to give it away. We can release the power of the Holy Spirit. We can release the love of the Holy Spirit. We can release the joy of the Holy Spirit. We can release the peace of the Holy Spirit. We can release the strength of the Holy Spirit. We can release the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. We can release the revelation of the Holy Spirit. And now as we finish this, we will continue to desire to release the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? The reason we're desiring this manifestation, this power of God, is to do a few things. It's not just to fill the church up with a bunch of people. I mean, what are we doing? Are we filling them up so that we can get tithes out of them and get them to volunteer and do stuff? Or are we doing it to glorify Jesus, to bear witness to his name, And watch people come to know Jesus Christ. Have their needs met. And more importantly, have a personal experience with God. With God's love. God's compassion. Now folks, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. There's a great price to be paid to be an instrument that God will use to manifest His power. And very few take the road But we here at Mount Zion Church will walk that path. My goal throughout this whole thing, which I believe God gave me, was not so that I could see a bunch more people in church and not so I can be prophetic and moving and watch people go, ooh, that pastor's really anointed. It's actually, I feel like it's the opposite. I would love it if people came into this church. And the reason they came is because someone they met in this church comforted them with something they couldn't believe that they did. It was something supernatural. It wasn't... Now, helping their physical needs like like Susan does is always important. But how amazing would it be if... Man, there was some crazy lady gave me groceries from Mount Zion Church and there was a crazy guy who spoke to me And it was like he read my mail. And I got to go to Mount Zion Church and find out who this Jesus is. That has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with you. This church will never grow because it has a great pastor. Slick worship. You may get a lot of people, but that doesn't mean it's growing. 
People will come to know Jesus by our love for one another. And when we love someone so much, we're willing to step out in faith and take a risk and boldly proclaim what the Holy Spirit has revealed to you or whether it's laying on of hands. Then God is glorified. And you want to tell people about it, just like Glenda wanted to tell, Susan wanted to tell, Andrew wanted to tell. People want to tell you. Sometimes it's a short process. It happens like that. I was healed. I got the car. Boom, it was done. Sometimes it's a period of our 11 years where you're completely incapacitated and they filled you full of so many narcotics you could barely function. And 11 years later, you're on hardly anything and your people can hug you. <laughs> Sometimes it's an 11-year process. Let's all stand to our feet. This morning as we close, I say this to you with all my heart. Don't let go of this. Look at go to our YouTube page and rewatch it. If you want my notes, I'll I'll give you my notes. Don't let go of this. Don't stop seeking what your gifts are. Don't stop seeking God to give you the perfect gift, which is the right gift at the right time and the right place for the right person. Don't stop desiring the gifts. Don't be ignorant of the gifts. Remember that you use all of your senses. God created you like a reason for this. It wasn't just so when you saw a big old steak, you would smell the goodness of the steak, and then you would taste the steak, and it was so good, and then you ate it. It wasn't just for that. He gave you those senses so that you could sense the Holy Spirit, that you could taste and see that the Lord is good, so you can have a touch from God. And he can fulfill any hunger in your body. So Father, we come requesting that. That you would make us hypersensitive to your spirit. That you would give us an extra measure of faith to believe. That Father, you would make us bold to be able to take the risk it is to love someone. Maybe we don't have words for them. We just have a hand to to hand out maybe we have some groceries or food or money or whatever we can give them and those are all important things but God more importantly we want them to see and meet you supernaturally to have a personal encounter with their Savior we need it in this country we need it in this county we need it in this room so empty us out of things that are getting in the way and clogging up our pipes. And let us be expectant that when we dive into our relationship for you and dig deep, you will fill us with the power of your Holy Spirit and we will be used to witness and to preach the gospel into all the world. And the result in that, we will change the world from Pine Grove. So thank you, Father, for today. Thank you for all these wonderful brothers and sisters and bless them as they go. In Jesus' name, the church said. Amen. God bless you guys. I love you. Have a great rest of the week and uh, try to stay dry, I guess. Oh. <laughs>